nailed it again. Welcome to Potter Familius. Coming to you from Fairhope, Alabama. One of these days we're going to have to get our wives in here. We're going to have to. Because somebody was commenting. They're like, uh, no offense, Todd, but your son really doesn't look much like you. I was like, he's totally my son. Yeah, I mean, can't they tell from how he sounds? Good point. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, geez. I should have said that. You should have him call us both and be like, all right, who's who? And then we should both talk. Although I've been having... I like to look at buses. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. You're so beautiful. (laughs) I've been experiencing... Youth ministry for 25 years. 21. Allergies. So I've got this like tickle in my throat. Wait, seriously? Yeah. <clears throat> now you know what my life is like. Right. So I'm hoping that this will pass mm. when we hit it in the fall. Yeah. Man, I hope so. Or too. wait, is that when it gets worse? Pollen? When is it? It gets worse literally every day. No, I'm just kidding. But okay. it's, you know, I, I'm exaggerating a little, but I always have a tickle in my throat. It okay. just never goes away. And I was told at one point by a doctor that I have a dust mite allergy, which means I'm allergic to everything. So mild enough to where I don't need medication for it, but bad enough to where it's just an annoyance that I've learned to live with. That's a little known thing. And we're just sharing. This Boom. is not a bonus episode. You just get that for free. You're welcome, guys. It's because we love you. Yes. All right. You want to punch up the main thing? Yes. I'm glad I pressed the right button because I almost didn't. It's the main thing. Do you know Do you know that song by The Darkness? And I don't know if we're going to get demonetized for this, but the one that's like I believe in a thing called love. Yeah. Just listen yeah, to yeah, it yeah. in my heart. We were introducing the kids to that on the way down to the beach today. Oh, I'm so glad that you're helping my grandchildren. Of course. It's important. It's part <laughs> of uh part of pop culture history. Nice. I was on a retreat one time and the person was giving a talk it was great and he talked about how on his anniversary every anniversary he goes to his wife and he gives her the list of the fruits of the holy spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness generosity faithfulness self-control modesty chastity yeah so the 12 fruits of the holy spirit and he says Pick one of these. That was really impressive, by the way. I don't know how it's still stuck in there. I was going to say, like you just rolled yeah, right through I that. I did. I did not. <laughs> it was like, it just came out of the brain. Chastity, I know. Something, then, the next one. And then I forget everyone's names, so I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, and he said that, he said, I give you this list. Choose one. This is your anniversary present. Probably not the only present he gives, but mm-hmm. choose one. And for the next year of our marriage, I give you the full right to call me out on that one fruit in our marriage so that I'm really dedicated to living it out. And he's smart. He's not saying all 12, go right ahead. Cause right. that's forget. That's a fail yeah. in, in 20 minutes. That'll be over. That's a fail guys. That's a fail. And it started. I, this Wait, talk was maybe like 10 years ago. That wasn't ironic. You weren't being ironic by saying that's a fail. No. Okay. Never mind. And he said, that is so 2012. I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. No, it's fine. I'm so sorry. He'll explain it, He'll explain it later in the comments. I, I really don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. 
sorry. I, you don't have to apologize because I don't know what's going on. Okay, I'm right. probably being mocked and I I'm don't sorry. get it. You're not. It's Seals just guy. It's, it's something that was popular like 10 years ago on the internet. Okay. Okay. So she started calling him out on gentleness. And it was so successful, she said, to their marriage and their family that every year that was the only one she was concerned with. And I'm fairly confident really? that it became less and less of a problem to call him out on it because it became more and more something that he was conscious about and the habits were instilled. But gentleness. Gentleness, for real? The fruit of gentleness, where I'm looking at the list and I'm like, oh, stick with love, man. I mean, that's the one right there. Or like or, self-control. Or yeah. Something. I would think peace, that would be, yeah. You know, hopefully it wouldn't be, have to be chastity. But I mean, well, yeah. there's a bunch in there that I would choose before gentleness. And so I started thinking to myself, all right, let me try to incorporate this. Not even in asking mom to call me out on it. I just tried to get more conscious about it. And I found he was right gentleness is to me one of the most important virtues when it comes to men mm. and it plays out on a whole bunch of levels okay a whole bunch of levels let's even just look at the physical world i got called by a friend of mine who goes oh I broke my door handle again on my on my car oh and i went over there and i'm like what the heck are you doing so i i asked him i said show me how you open the car we had to use the other door because the driver's door, the handle was completely broken off. And then we had to take the panel off and the whole thing. And he opened up the door. I said, no, really? Like when you are coming to the car, how do you open the door? He goes, Bam! And he just pulls it really hard. And I'm like, why do you do that? It's a plastic handle. He goes, shouldn't be plastic. They should make it out of metal. I'm like, well, it is plastic. Uh, yeah. So and you're fighting if you're yanking reality. on the thing, you're going to break it. Or mm -hmm. how many times did I tell you guys when you were growing up, please don't slam the microwave Why door. Why are you bringing us into this? Please don't slam the microwave door. Uh, Why can't you close it? Because I put so much epoxy in those dumb hook spring things in there. Or how about the kid in the youth group that used to like to kick the panic bar on the door, leaving the building? I remember that. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, that is just going to break. It's not designed for that kind of stuff. If you want to live in a world where everything is made out of an incredible gauge stainless steel, that's fine. Mosquito. That's yes, killed it. Nice. But that's not real life. That's not real life. In real life, stuff breaks stuff is only designed for a certain amount of strain and if we are too strenuous with things it's going to break i can't even count the number of times that you would cringe when we would shut the dryer doors oh my gosh why why did you well, slam because those things you want to make sure it shuts no no you can just close it and go click and you know what it's shut but this is the re why did i bring up the physical world first is because then if you incorporate that now with people mm-hmm it has a tremendous positive effect okay. on life and living. A tremendous positive effect. I believe you, but you're going to have to elaborate here. Well, this is the, the, I think the resistance that people have towards this, especially men, is they think... Well, it's not a resistance. I just don't understand. No, no. I do think it's a resistance. Let me, let me explain. It's something where there's a welcoming. You know how last episode we, we uh, uh, or next episode we're talking about, then, then it doesn't matter. Hey guys, episodes. <laughs> One of these times we're going to talk about positive speech yeah. and, and affirming speech and how bad negative humor is. But it, it creates an environment of people where they put their defenses down. Right. 
there was a, a young woman recently, I was on a retreat and she came up to me and it was a time of affirmation. And I honestly, I hate these things where it's mm-hmm. like one-on-one affirmation, you know, let me see something because I love affirming people, but I don't like to be affirmed. It's a weird thing, I guess. Interesting, yeah. I'm just not comfortable with it. But mm. uh, she's like, Todd, you are the most gentle man that I've ever known. And, and I thought, oh man, good, it's working. Mm-hmm. It's working. But I kind of put her in the spot and I said, elaborate what do you mean and she said you just have a persona about you where i feel safe Mm. okay that's fair it's just being around someone where you know everything about them is and again i think where guys will have the resistance is they think that you're being effeminate right and in my head what i thought you meant by gentleness was being soft yeah and so let me explain why i think that because there there wasn't a resistance, there was just a lack of understanding. Okay. For me personally, I think you might be right about men generally resisting this idea of being gentle, and I'll explain why that sure. is. So, yeah. at least in my generation, there's this under. Uh, granted, you know, I think your generation was probably way worse with this, just because of the way that y'all grew up and how society was different without social media and the way that you had to interact with people and going to school and mm-hmm. all that stuff was different. So when I was growing up. There was this understanding that if you didn't do all the things and live the specific way that was expected of you as a man, then you're soft. Mm -hmm. And being soft was worse than any of the other insults that kids could come up with for boys. Wow, yeah. It's the worst one because it's the one where there is seriously no redemption. You can't be soft and then suddenly become strong later on. You, You can't. Yeah. Right? So it's the worst insult that I could have like eight-year-old Stefan was terrified of being called soft Mm -hmm. which is why I did a lot of the stupid things that I did when I was that age especially in you know I mean you remember all the injuries and stuff like that was oh yes that was a hundred percent me not wanting to be soft and so I think that men generally if you try to talk to them about gentleness they think that you're saying you need to not necessarily be effeminate even but just do things that are weak Mm. Right. You need to embrace weakness. So I think there needs to be a clarification there because it's actually not a good thing for men to embrace weakness in any way, especially the particular way that we're talking about here with gentleness. So when you when you're talking about specifics, like how men can grow in gentleness and be the type of person like you are, where you give off that feeling of safety. What does that mean for being gentle? Yeah, it's it's hard to. To be descriptive of it, and I, I thought of it today. I was trying to think of how to define it because, like, how do you define meekness? It's it's a strength, but it's a controlled strength within you. Mm-hmm. So I don't break things purposefully. Yeah. And but people kind of can tell that I could, but it's not something where they're afraid that it's going to happen. So you do have an inner strength about you. Okay, you know that I go to early morning adoration once a week. I do. So I come home from adoration at three o'clock in the morning. No one is out at three o'clock in the morning. The garbage man is done before I'm coming home from adoration. There happens to be one 24 hour gas station that I pass and I was using uh, your sister's car that morning and I noticed that she was out of gas. And I thought, let me be the sweet dad and pull into the gas station at 3.15 a.m. Okay. So I pull in and I start pumping the gas and up pulls this other vehicle and out step two 
like college age girls. Oh, wow. And I was like, ladies, what are y'all doing out at this hour? And they're like, oh, we're going on a big road trip. We wanted to get ahead of, uh, get ahead and all, all this kind of stuff. And I said, this is not a good time for young ladies to be out at this hour. And I said, and I just finished pumping the gas. I said, I'll stay until you're done. And now that might have come across as a creepy thing, mm-hmm. but I could tell they didn't feel that way. Like they were like, thanks. And it was almost like they wanted to say, thanks, dad. Yeah. Type thing. And I didn't walk up to them and right. say, hey, just, where are you guys going? That would have that been, been creepy. Right. So I just leaned up against the car. Your sister's car. I crossed my crossed my arms. I kind of did a little scope around for safety, looking around. Okay, everything's cool. Go ahead and pump your gas. And I especially wanted to make sure in case they were going into the store mm-hmm. because the nighttime worker at the gas station didn't look like the safest person in the world. So, <laughs> making I, assumptions, uh, are I'm, we? Yeah, we judge by externals. Yeah, and, we do. And so I'm like, let me stick around. And then they got in their car, started off, and as they were drove, driving off, they both waved at me. Yeah. I do not know them. Never seen them before in my life. We'll probably never. It's seen an them again. aura yeah. of gentleness. Mm-hmm. It's see. That's what I'm saying. It's hard to define because it's well, not just strength. But I think what you're talking about is a natural dad instinct, right? Like I didn't get this until I had children, especially after I had a daughter. Like our first kid is yeah. a is a daughter, yeah. and all of a sudden, it like because when you when you authentically love someone for the first time, you think like I would die for this person. Like I would give up everything right. just to be able to be with this person, right? So Beautiful. that's the that's the authentic love that we feel. Because you you know I got really lucky with meeting my wife. Or I, I was blessed. very, I was very blessed. Excuse me, mm-hmm. but I, I understand that. I get it because I know that not everybody feels that way immediately, and it was like a overnight thing for both of us. On a side note, do you remember when you asked mom and I what we thought of her, and I immediately said you should marry her, and you said why? Do you remember what I said? No. What did you say? I said you guys laugh all the time, and you dance in the kitchen. Hmm. I said marry that girl. I do remember that, mm-hmm. and it was good advice. And we're still together. And Praise it's the Lord. still awesome. So, Woo! Um, so understanding love in that way was a different experience. And I thought, like, yeah, so being a dad will be pretty much the same. I will. <laughs> all right, all right. Jeez. Sorry, that's easy. Funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Attacked. No. Hashtag attacked. No, that was just. Go ahead. No. Oh, my gosh. All right. So I thought it would be pretty much the same. Yeah. Obviously, I was wrong. And as soon as Edith was born, I was like, Okay. All right. Yep. I see. Because it wasn't just a feeling of I would die for this person. I would give up anything for this person. It was I will stand in front of the armies of the earth to protect this person. Nice. That was my feeling. Now, granted, I don't think that I would last very long, but I still would do it. You're a pretty big guy. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'd last for a minute or two, but I don't know. Um, But it was totally different, totally different, totally new. But it was a natural instinct. Isn't it great? It it was like everybody told me like, oh, you're going to cry when your first baby is born. I didn't really cry. I just wanted to hang out with her, you know, and it was good. But I also felt this incredible and my wife felt it, too, but it's different for her. Mm -hmm. I felt this incredible protective instinct that I didn't decide to have. It just rose up within me all of a sudden. And it was really interesting, actually. And. So I got it. Like from that moment forward, I was like, ah, I get it. I understand why dads are so strange. Yeah. And why they act strange. But all the while, even with all of that, the point we're trying to make concerning the virtue of gentleness mm-hmm. is if you're just listening to the audio of this podcast, then you can't see 
how big Stefan is. <laughs> He's a linebacker type guy. All right, take it easy. No, I'm just saying you're a, you're a big dude. Okay. And um, when you were first holding your daughter, yeah. It oh, was, she was tiny. It, it was, was funny looking. It was like I was holding a loaf of bread. Right, but it was it looked comical. Mm-hmm. Like look how small that little human being is. She almost fit uh in half of my forearm. Right. Right. It was beautiful, but this yeah. is the thing. I remember watching you hold her and at one point in time you stroked her cheek. Mm-hmm. That's gentleness. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And that's that's what I was getting at is that this natural instinct to protect actually translates to a lot of individual actions that I don't really think about, but that I think are part of what you're what you mean. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. for example, uh, one of our kids, it was Edith actually, she was having an emotional night the other night, as many four year olds do. There wasn't really a reason for it, but she was just like <laughs> laying in her bed, like doing that ugly cry, sobbing of like <gasps> like can't catch your breath kind right, of thing. Right. And we were like, oh no, like did she fall or like, you know, did did she drop a toy or something? Like what is going on? Like she was wailing. And so I went in there and I was like, hey, uh, what's, uh, what's going on? Are you okay? And she went like, I don't know. And I was like, oh good, it's already begun. <laughs> So at four. at four, like, great. We're just skipping straight to the teenager phase of this to where nice. it's like, okay, I'm here. Just let me know if there's something I can do. Like, I don't know what to do. But so what I ended up doing is I went and sat next to her and I sort of like stroked her head for a little while. And eventually she did calm down and then she rolled over and she fell asleep Nice. in a space of like 10 minutes. Yeah. And all I had to do was be next to her and make her feel safe. And then everything was cool. Right. So that's what I think you're talking about with gentleness. And that's what we should communicate to the guys that are listening to this podcast is that gentleness is not weakness. Gentleness is not no. being soft. Gentleness, anything, I think it's a greater strength. It's understanding the role that you are supposed to play as a man in the lives of the people that are close to you, mm. right? Yeah. If you understand properly what your role is, then gentleness actually makes a lot of sense because you want to be in this role of protector, but you can't do that if people don't feel safe around you. Right. And it, the, that inner strength can even come out in ways that, that sometimes the world may, may not think that it does. Like yeah. mom feels very protected and loved in the little things like we'll, we hold hands when we say grace and at the end of grace, I kiss her hand. I don't know when I started doing that, but it's become a habit and she expects it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kiss her hand. She just feels loved, protected, nurtured, like her strong guy is here, but he's not gonna rage. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And. I think it's not even something where I would say you have to strike a balance because there's there's no balance between weakness and rage, right? Right. The, what you're what you're finding is the authentic way that you should act in accordance with your role as husband and father. And even if you're not married, it's like look at the people in your life that you're close to and how are you acting as a man toward them? Right. Is your relationship correct in terms of the ways that you should act in order to make sure that the people around you are protected. Cause that's really what we're supposed to be doing as men, right? Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Yeah. It's awesome. Get the song for the dad. Thing. I do. And this one is fun. I have a dad thing. Oh, no, the dad thing. Dad thing. Sorry. 
You're jumping Sorry, ahead. I am. I'm jumping the gun. I thought that you were talking about the song. song. We're, we're doing the song. In a yeah. bit. It's the dad day. Sorry. Redlining. Let's redline it. Periodically, Stefan and I will share one little tidbit that we've learned along the way of being dads. Mine is the importance of introducing your children when you are around other people. Ooh, that's a good one. It is so important so that I'll be someplace, and it doesn't matter if it's my son, Andrew, who's nine years old, and I'll see somebody and they're like, hey, Todd, remember me? I did, helped you with that concrete job. Yes. Do you remember my son, Andrew? And I introduce them. I always introduce my children That's whenever really cool. I'm encountering other, other people. Mm-hmm. Really important to do. Yeah. Mine is similar. And it's based on something that I learned or was reminded of today. Eye contact. Ooh. When you're talking to your children... Eye contact is the way, especially if they're little, they can tell if you are really listening and if you really care. Wow. It's an external way because I, I noticed because I was, to, to my shame, I was on my phone because I was tired and my son was trying to ask me a question and I was listening. I was listening and I responded to his question and then he asked me the question again and I was like, ah, it doesn't matter that I'm listening and it doesn't matter that I'm giving him an answer, even if it's what he wants. He wants me to look at him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. I see you. Yeah. They just want to be seen. That's beautiful. Good stuff. So last podcast, we were reminded by some people that know that I used to sing also. They're like, Todd, how come you're not sharing any of your songs? Because this is an exclusive Stefan songs podcast. Because you have a lot more songs than I do. Let's put it that way. I mean, you Fair. you write a lot. I do. So I said, all right, next podcast, we'll do one of my oldies. And this is a song called I Don't Know. Are you going to sing this? I'm singing it. Oh, heck yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> Here we go. We'll sing it together, though. Sweet. Everybody's searching Cause they want to be free But our hearts are restless Till they rest in thee They search in the morning They search in the night Oh, but they're never gonna find true peace Till they come to the light I don't know, I don't know, yeah. I don't know how you could say no to this man. People try to tell me that I'm just a fool. And the way I'm living is so uncool But it don't faze me me. with what they say 
back or what? Well, not only does it bring me back, but you were a toddler when I wrote that song. <laughs> and I did not think one day um, when I get older, my son's going to sing that song with me. With lines like, and the way I'm living is so uncool. <laughs> yeah, Man. Come on. What? It was the early 90s. You can make fun of my songs too. My <laughs> early ones were terrible. Oh, that was fun though. Thanks so much for listening to Potter Familius. Y'all are awesome. Please do all the things. Do it, do it, do it. And we'll talk to you next time.